Good morning, and welcome to New York Sports and Beyond on 98.7 ESPN, where our goal every Sunday is to entertain, enlighten, and expose you to information that can lead to positive change in your life. I'm Larry Hardesty. This morning, we are joined by friend of the show, James Winans from the Bowery Mission. As we approach the holiday season, James and his staff at the Bowery Mission go into overdrive to help those who are facing challenges. So, if you know somebody, please take a pen, pencil, piece of paper, have it handy, Get your smartphone, iPad, or whatever you use to take down valuable information you'll hear this morning and make a note. And we thank you for making us a part of your day, whether you're going for an early run or perhaps a sunrise service. We'll begin this edition of New York Sports and Beyond after this timeout. Welcome back to New York Sports and Beyond on 98.7 ESPN. I'm Larry Hardesty. James Wine has learned about the realities of homelessness and the promise of life transformation through a college internship at the Bowery Mission that forever changed the course of his life. He now serves as president and CEO following a 15-year of success of leadership at the Bowery Mission. He oversees their expansive work across eight campuses in New York, New Jersey, and Pennsylvania. He leads a team of over 150 full-time and seasonal staff and a small army of volunteers to help transform the lives of men, women, and children experiencing homelessness and poverty. As the chief development officer for nearly 14 years, James has built and led teams to uncover more than $120 million in private funds, enabling the mission to expand its work and join forces with three other century-old organizations. Join me in welcoming back James Winans. Hi, James. How are you this morning? Hi, Larry. Always good to be with you. Good to have you, and we got a lot of stuff to get to, so let's get started. First, I want to kind of review, and last time we chatted, we had the opportunity to chat with you and chat with uh, Chuck Montz, who was able to do a cross-country bike trek. He went all around, <laughs> he went cross-country, and he shared some unbelievable stories, uh, stories of uh, issues with his bike, but also stories of how people helped him along, and the whole idea was to raise funds for the Bowery Mission a lot of what you do, which is the highlight of what you do coming up starting next week as we get to this holiday season. But let's kind of review there and just talk and review about how well that went. I believe you and I were uh, talking to Chuck when he was somewhere, I don't know, it was New Mexico or somewhere. Yeah. He was at a gas station. We heard the trucks barreling by. <laughs> uh, he was in the first part of his journey. And incredibly, Chuck made it all the way across the country um, at, uh, I believe, 62 years old, and um, uh, we were there cheering him on as he rode up the Bowery with a, a team that had joined him for the last leg, and he um, he reached those red doors at the Bowery Mission and was just elated to uh, have, have kind of set his heart on a dream and to see that dream through um, and to, to raise support, but even more importantly, raise awareness. I mean, the Bowery Mission has now appeared in local newspapers all across the country that had never heard of us before. And um, that was fun too. James, talk about the challenges that Chuck faced as you guys debriefed after he got back. And just especially during the COVID outbreak to go cross country, to have people that he didn't know reach out to him and help him and donate money. It, It had to be a tremendous feeling for him. And of course for you that, People, even though they may not be in New York, and as you mentioned, may not have heard about the Bowery Mission and the great work that you guys do, just were able to donate anyway. You know, I was thinking a lot about Chuck's feet as a physical challenge, one that was challenging his body. Um, you know, and, and I, I said, are you sure you can do this, Chuck? And he said, well, I did it once before in 1978, so I think I can do it again. And 
I'm thinking, well, you're not as, as young as you used to be, Chuck. But, uh, uh, but, but what surprised me was Chuck was describing the mental challenge, the emotional challenge of mile after mile, you know, turn after turn of the wheel, um, kind of keep keeping, keeping focused and keeping going. And that's a lot like what the folks that we serve who are, uh, you know, trying to overcome homelessness, trying to put life back on track. Um, and the first things we deal with are the physical challenges, you know, physical health and uh, um, uh, some of the aspects of overcoming addiction and getting stabilized and healthy. Um, but then it becomes that mental challenge, that emotional challenge, that spiritual challenge of, uh, of sticking with it um, uh, and, and staying with it to the point where folks can actually graduate and, and be housed and employed and back in community. Um, there are so many aspects to that recovery, um, mm-hmm. just like there were so many aspects to Chuck's ride. Yeah, it, it kind of... Uh... It kind of encapsulates what you do and the challenges that the people who come to you face. Uh, and I was pleased to find out that there were some folks in the marathon that we just had here in the Big Apple that donated some money uh, to the Bowery Mission. Let's talk a little bit about that, James. That's right. For the, um, uh, I believe this is our fourth or fifth year participating in the New York City Marathon, we had 10 runners. Um, who participated and collectively raised over one hundred thousand uh, dollars for the mission? You know, each one of them made the commitment to raise at least three thousand dollars. So the fact that they raised one hundred thousand dollars together is such a huge lift to us. And um, uh, it was wonderful to be out there, you know, on the sidelines. I did not run myself, but I was cheering um, and to know the stories of some of the folks who are running. Um, you know, one of our supporters who got involved with his family when, when they moved here from another country seven years ago in the way that they've been involved, and now he's running the marathon for us. We had a staff member run. Uh, his name is Donald, and Donald experienced a near-fatal motorcycle accident two years ago. Um, he uh, it came to New York, actually, for some medical care, uh, and now he's on our staff. Um, and he was he ran the marathon at, at an incredible pace uh, and completed his marathon and, and raised support for the mission. Just the, the determination uh, to to do that um, is just inspiring to me and inspiring to so many people I know. James, it's it's funny because we focus so much and rightfully so on the people who come to you because they need help, they need assistance, they're at a tough part in their lives, and I think. Um, Chuck, because Chuck Montz talked about it too. It's the folks, the volunteers, and the stories that they bring to the table, James. And I guess for you to have come up through the ranks of the Bowery Mission the way you have over 14, 15 years now, I've forgotten how long you've been there, but the stories that you hear from the volunteers who help out, who work, who, who are there, and how selfless they are has got to really humble you, gratify you, and keep you going in the work that you're doing. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, we talk about, you know, the Bowery Mission is all about transforming lives. Um, and when we say that, we're, we're often thinking about that person who begins their journey with the Bowery Mission in homelessness, in despair, uh, and sees their life transformed to a hopeful, productive uh, future. Uh, 
But I could tell you so many stories of um, volunteers giving of their time who walk away saying, I have gotten so much more out of this experience than I could ever have given. Um, and I know that to be true because that's how I started my journey at the Bowery Mission. And it's actually 22 years ago wow. as a volunteer before I, before I joined staff 16 years ago. Um, but 22 years ago, I came to the Bowery Mission as a volunteer. And just what I saw going on where, um, you know, men and women were experiencing this transformation from homelessness to a new life. And then what they were doing with that was um, turning around and volunteering themselves or joining staff and, you know, getting trained as counselors and, um, and, and, and trained as staff so that, so that they could help folks out of the same situation that they knew also well themselves. And that kind of full circle transformation just made me say, this is a special place at the Bowery Mission. And if I can be a part of the Bowery Mission in the future in any way, um, it will transform me. It will change me. Um, and, uh, and so you're right, Larry. It, it, it really is uh, all of us who are being changed by this, this work. Yeah, it and it's so gratifying. I know, I know it is. That's the voice of James Winers. He's president and CEO of the Bowery Mission. You're listening to New York Sports and Beyond here on 98.7 ESPN. I'm Larry Hardesty. When New York Sports and Beyond returns, when will the doors open on Thanksgiving Day for the meals to be served, and how long will they be open? That's next when New York Sports and Beyond returns on 98.7 ESPN. Thanks for stopping by New York Sports and Beyond on 98.7 ESPN. I'm Larry Hardesty. Let's continue my conversation with James Winans of the Bowery Mission. All right, James, obviously you do more than just dinners at Thanksgiving and during the holidays, and we'll talk about that in a second, but this is where we are, and this is kind of you know, the biggest, the biggest part of your year. What are the days like counting up to Thanksgiving Day? And I know you have you know, sister organizations in Newark and elsewhere who are doing things even earlier than Thanksgiving Day. But what is it like the days before Thanksgiving Day for the Bowery Mission in, in New York City? Well, you're right. The Thanksgiving Day in some ways is, is just a amplification of what we do every single day. Um, uh, so we continue to we continue to offer those services, right? We continue to to offer meals and shelter and showers and clothing and all of these things leading up to Thanksgiving Day, um, and uh, and we're preparing for this this big day. And so on on Thursday we're going to be um, outdoors for the second year in a row um, under tents, and um, and folks are going to be able to come and and uh, and and pick up a meal and sit in a sit in a seating area and enjoy a festive. Uh, environment and some gifts, um, but right now, you know, those ovens are fired up. We are we are preparing over 200 turkeys this year from scratch, um, uh, and and all of the all of the side dishes and all of the trimmings, everything from scratch because we want this meal to communicate so much love and so much dignity, um, and uh, and and for people to know that they're well cared for. And part of that is in the quality of the food, and so. So the big focus right now is in the kitchen, um, and uh, and it's all hands on deck. We have some folks arriving this weekend from other parts of the country to help out. Uh, we have New Yorkers who are coming in every single day of the week to help out um, and make sure that this is a very special day uh, for people who need it the most. All right, James, let's try to get our calendar synced up now. And, and I believe in the past it has started really in uh, with your partners in Newark, 
that they kind of start things a little bit early, yes? Traditionally, that's, that is true. That is true. And, uh, and, our, and our focus this year is really right there at that Bowery location, right there on the street. We're going to be uh, serving breakfast that day. But uh, Thanksgiving dinner is going to start at 11 a.m. Mm-hmm. And, um, and we will serve continuously until each person uh, who joins that line uh, has a meal, has a chance to enjoy that meal. So um, we're, we're anticipating a, 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 at least a five-hour meal there, um, just kind of nonstop with some hot coffee, um, the turkey dinners, the homemade pies, um, and, uh, and a festive dining area. Um, and then our guests will walk away with a, with a practical care kit that's going to include some hygiene items, winter accessories to help people be ready for the winter season, no matter what their housing situation is. James, how has the challenges of COVID, you know, impacted what you do? Clearly, the fact that you're outside is one element of it. But uh, how has that challenged what you do? Has it affected the amount of volunteers that you get? Uh, are you finding that you have more people uh, involved now because COVID has made some changes not only to us physically, but mentally and and economically? Mm, that's a good question. We do we do see fewer volunteers right now than we than we did um, pre-pandemic, um, and yet the volunteers who come are extraordinarily committed because they've made a very intentional choice um, to be uh, to, to, to 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 be serving at this time, right? And so um, you know, to be honest, maybe before the pandemic we would have more more volunteers sign up and not show up. Mm-hmm. Um, now volunteers sign up and there they are, um, hmm. 100% committed. We have one volunteer who has been serving every single week, an eight hour shift at our front desk, um, at our shelter location where we offer shelter. Uh, it's almost like he's become a part of the staff and, and, and supports the staff in very unique ways. Um, uh, and he's just one of, you know, one of hundreds of, of volunteers who, who make it possible for the Bowery Mission to do what we do. Wow, that's fascinating. Um, James, I'm curious, from the time you've started over the years, and you mentioned like 26 years, which is amazing, uh, from the time you've started, how has there? what are some of the changes that you've noticed on Thanksgiving, be it the, t- the, the number of people, uh, some of the stories you're hearing, uh, just, just what are some of the changes that you're noticing from the folks who are coming in that need your help over the time you've been at the Bowery Mission? Mm. Well, um, Larry, one thing I've learned, and this will sound repetitive to what I said earlier, maybe, but one thing I've learned is that uh, often the folks who are serving on Thanksgiving Day, for whatever reason, uh, I'm talking about our volunteers. For whatever reason, they're separated from their family on Thanksgiving yeah. Day. Hmm. Um, you know, they they don't have the, the opportunity to travel and be with family. Maybe there's an estranged relationship in their family, and so the Bowery Mission becomes a place of family for our volunteers, which is true for our meal guests. Right, our, our meal guests um, may be homeless, they may be housed, but the common thread is um, that for whatever reason, this is not a holiday that they can spend with family and friends, um, uh, maybe maybe the, the, their experience of homelessness has actually separated them from family. Maybe there's a, uh, uh, an abusive relationship or an addictive 
um, situation um, that's 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 keeping folks separated. And so the so the Bowery Mission becomes this this place of family. And I think I've just seen that sense of family grow and grow and grow each year at the Bowery Mission. This will this will be our 142nd um, Thanksgiving on the Bowery, and uh, uh, you know in some ways. Uh, you know, the more things change, the more they stay the same. I mean, this is this is a this is a New York City tradition. There are parts of it that just repeat year after year, and yet, as you say, every year there's there's something going on that we we just walk away with and say, you know, this, that that made it all worth it. Yeah, James. You know, it's 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 ironic because you would think as we over the years and gosh over a hundred years, over a century, the Bowery Mission has been doing what they've been doing, but it just shows that through every generation, there is that same need, right? There is that same need of, of food, of shelter, of the basic things that we want in life. And I would think moving toward the shelter part of it for you, it has been a challenge uh, because you have limited space and with, you know, COVID, uh, you know, regulations and stuff, you have to make adjustments to that. So in other, in, in, because of that, you're trying to serve probably more people with less space. So what has been the challenges in trying to uh, get that done, especially now as we get to the colder months? Mm-hmm. The, the Bowery Mission has stayed open every single day, uh, even when New York City shut down. When New York City shut down in March of 2020, we were all told to stay at home. Right? The way that we were going to defeat this virus was to stay at home um, so that the virus could not spread. And we knew at the Bowery Mission that there are thousands of New Yorkers who have no place to call home. Uh, there, there was no way for them to stay at home. And so the Bowery Mission determined to stay open every single day to be home uh, for folks who have no home. And, um, and that certainly has been challenging, Larry, to your point, um, that, that, uh, that as um, COVID protocols have changed, as uh, uh, you know, different things have changed. We've had to adapt time and time again. Um, but we celebrated this year 61 men and women who graduated from the Valerie Missions residential programs. These are folks who came into our programs without a home during a pandemic. Um, and to be a graduate of the Bowery Mission means that they've they've been introduced to community and faith that they have a job and a place to live that they have overcome to some degree an an addiction or or life controlling situation um all of those things have to be true for somebody to be a graduate of the bowery mission and all of those things were true for 61 people in the past year Um, at our graduation ceremony one of those graduates um said this about the Bowery Mission. He said, when I came to the Bowery Mission, they always knew my name. It was the place where I was known every single day. Hmm. And I didn't have another place like that in the world. And I thought, what a profound statement of exactly who the Bowery Mission wants to be. We want to be that place in the world where there, when there is no other place in the world where that person is welcomed, where they're known, where somebody knows their name, their story, their hopes, their dreams, their goals. We want to be that place. And we have had the opportunity to be that place during 
extraordinary challenge uh, during this pandemic. That's the voice of James Winan. He's the president and CEO of the Bowery Mission. You're listening to New York Sports and Beyond here on 9870 ESPN. James, you're absolutely right. And I think what it brings to mind and what brought to my mind while you were reading and sharing that, that the comment from one of the graduates was how tough it is that, you know, we see homelessness all the time. Um, some of us will engage the person. Some of us will not. Some of us will give them money. Some of us don't want to be bothered. And I'm not judging either side. I'm just saying that that's their reality, right? And so when this person was saying that I, you knew my name, it's like, wow, there, there are some who we don't even talk to, much less we don't even acknowledge they exist. And James, that's got to be even a more horrible feeling, right, than what you're going through. And what you're going through and what these folks are going through is, is tough. It's, it's a challenge. It's, and it's especially hard for them because maybe they are coming from a position where they were very well off. And then hard times have hit. And now they're gone in the other direction. And so they don't have that identity anymore. And it's, it's, a, it's a humbling thing. And it caused me, James, to kind of, while you were saying that, kind of stop and look at myself a little bit. And I'm sure my listeners are looking at themselves as well. Mm. Yeah, I, you know, Larry, I've, I, I've never been homeless on the streets. I can't speak for what that experience is like. But I can only imagine that the invisibility that a person feels is absolutely crushing. And yet, I've spoken with so many people who say, I don't know what I, one person as an individual, can really do. It's an intimidating interaction, right, when, when I'm passing somebody on the street or somebody's, somebody's um, asking me for, for some help. I don't know what I, what, what I can do as one person. And I think there's something very true about that feeling. Mm -hmm. that this is actually a situation that's best dealt with in community, with others, um, where there can be a community of care that comes around uh, that person. And so the Bowery Mission is one place where that can happen. We're not the only place, but we're one place where that can happen. And so, so one way that somebody who's feeling intimidated by the situation and, not, and saying, what can I do as one person, um, that one person can actually join into this community at the Bowery Mission. Um, we, we've, we've spoken a lot here about volunteering. There's a, a way to sign up at our website, bowery.org, um, and, uh, and sign up to, to, to share your time uh, and to serve in that way and, and, and through serving to, to learn some things about uh, how, to, how to operate in these situations. Um, but even if you can't give up your time right now, or this is not the time for you to, to, to serve, as, as, as many of us are still very cautious about uh, COVID and, and where we go and what we do, um, uh, you know, the Bowery Mission relies on private donations. Um, we, re we rely on the generosity of primarily New Yorkers who uh, give of their time to uh, give, of, give of their, their financial resources and their time um, to support the Bowery Mission. Uh, it's unusual for a organization providing shelter and care for those experiencing homelessness. It's unusual for for us to not be publicly funded, but that's a choice we've made uh, to not rely on the government to resource us, but to actually rely on the generosity of of individuals and families um, giving privately. Um, and that's something you can also do at our website, which is bowery.org. B o w 
org. And when you go to that website, they are they do a tremendous job. There's a lot of information, a lot of opportunities, a lot of things for you to learn more about the Bowery Mission that we won't get a chance to talk about here. But it gives you an insight on the what they do, why they do it, and some of the people who have been successful and have moved on after they've transitioned through that period of, of, of challenges and have gone on to, to do better and come back and, and reach out and help uh, folks where they were. Coming up. We've spoken about the effect of homelessness on adults. Well, how do these challenges affect children? We'll discuss it. This is New York Sports and Beyond on 98.7 ESPN. You're listening to New York Sports and Beyond on 98.7 ESPN. Let's conclude my discussion with James Winans of the Bowery Mission. James, it's we were just talking about the struggles of an adult going through the challenges of homelessness and hunger and so forth but it's even worse for kids. Talk a little bit about the children's program that you have at the Bowery. Yeah, thank you for drawing attention to that. The Bowery Mission's been around since the 1870s, and we've been serving children since the 1890s, but uh, uh, I feel like people are still learning learning about that part of our work. Uh, and so, you know, one primary way that we do that right now is that we have after-school programs. We call them city camps uh, in the East Harlem neighborhood and in the South Bronx neighborhood. And, um, and, uh, just this weekend, we, uh, distributed out, I believe it was 150, um, turkeys and some other gifts to families. Um, and, and the families we serve are, are, are primarily still in their homes, uh, but their families are struggling. They're living on the edge and COVID really illustrated how much of a nice edge, that situation was for the families that we work with um just a just a few weeks into the shutdown in in 2020 um we surveyed our families and three quarters of those families had had their employment disrupted Mm. by the shutdown Um, we are serving families where mom and dad are the last ones hired the first ones fired you know um you know maybe doing cash uh, you know, cash only compensation. Um, and so when the hotels and the restaurants and the construction sites shut down, uh, they were quickly, um, set aside and, and yet they were being asked to uh, essentially homeschool their children on technology that they did not have. Um, and in a language that wasn't their first language, uh, families have been through an extraordinarily challenging last couple of years. Um, and so we were so pleased yesterday to just um, celebrate Thanksgiving uh, with with these families. Um, and this this past summer too, I should mention, uh, to open up our summer camp for the first time in in, in two years, um, and allow these families to go out to our summer camp. It's in the Poconos region of Pennsylvania mm. to go out to camp as families. Um, uh, typically, we just get the kids on the bus and send the kids out to camp. Uh, but this year, the kids went out with mom and dad, sometimes with grandma and auntie and the siblings, and uh, experienced camp together as a family. Uh, you know, it was limited in number. We, we had all sorts of COVID protocols to to um, to, or to adhere to, and yet the families were saying to us, "We have never had a vacation together as a family. Mm. Um, this is our first time getting out of." the Bronx in two years, you know, 
uh, we've been trying to make it work in our cramped department, and occasionally we go out to the park. Um, and so just being able to offer that open space, those those uh, summer activities to, to families was, uh, was a great joy. And, uh, and we continue those relationships now into the school year as we brought our, our city camps back in person again. Um, uh, and these families are able to, to have a safe place for their kids after school. You know, James, we, we talk about um, the challenges from a physical standpoint and, and just, you know, everyday life. But, man, emotionally, mentally, what a change that had to be. What a relief. What a break from the struggles that you're going through as a family and the hopelessness that you feel to be able to get out into a wide open space and, you know, just just have a chance to share with your family in a different setting where you can just, you know, get your dreams back. You know what I mean, James? Get get your dreams mm-hmm. back to be able to mm-hmm. say, you know what, we this could be our life one day. This, let, let's go back and try to do what we can to to reinvigorate ourselves and renew ourselves. And that's one of the things that has really come out of this COVID-19 pandemic is the fact of mentally being in your home and just kind of being cooped up and locked up. And it, it's it changes you, James. It, it, it changes you mentally. So uh, it had to be extremely gratifying for you to watch them just enjoy this situation and then to speak to them afterwards as you did and just hear, you know, how happy they were, not only physically, but from a mental standpoint. That's absolutely right, Larry. I think that that, uh, that, that we, we are whole beings, right? And we, we can focus on, you know, does somebody have food in their bellies and, and, and these, these kind of immediate needs, um, but we are whole beings, uh, you know, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, um, and we, we need to pay attention to all of it. So since this is ESPN, I got to have some stats, James. <laughs> Even though we're doing public affairs, got to have some stats. So here's some I got from your website, which is just mind-boggling. Uh, this is from the Bowery.org website. Today, more New Yorkers are experiencing homelessness than ever before. In a city of more than 8.3 million people, nearly one in every 106 New Yorkers are homeless. That's nearly 80,000 men, women, and children every night. Nearly 4,000 people sleep on the street in the subway system or in other public spaces. Wow. That's all I have to say, James. Wow. Wow. And, you know, last winter, New York City initiated this program that moved um, thousands of New Yorkers experiencing homelessness into individual hotel rooms. Right? Mm-hmm. They're trying to keep us safe from the virus and keep the virus from spreading. Um, so many folks who spent last winter in a hotel room funded by the city are now back out on the streets of New York. And so um, as the weather turns colder here in the weeks to come, we are expecting more and more people to uh, come to the doors of the Bowery Mission seeking help. And uh, we're committed to being here um, day in and day out to stand with New Yorkers who are in crisis. We've always done it that way. I think um, New York has seen us stand with New York again in this COVID pandemic and we'll be here and whatever comes next. From your experiences, James, if, if I were to put you on a task force, <laughs> as if you don't have enough to do, right? But if I were to put you on the task force, what would, what would some of the suggestions be? Because we, we, we always, we, we understand the situation. We understand the problem. Now the next question is how do we go about trying to get a handle on it? And if we could just stop it, 
and get it going in a different direction, it would be great. What are some of the things that, from your experiences that you've seen over the years and the colleagues that you speak to who are in other missions or talking to people who are involved in public, the public shelters that the city is, is involved with, which numbers are also climbing to alarming rates. What are some of the things we can do to try to, try to address what we're seeing with poverty and homelessness? Well, I think uh, I'll come back around to this, this idea of community that this has to happen in community, that this is not a, uh, a challenge that um, lends itself to very uh, formulaic bureaucratic uh, solutions. Um, we are we are holistic people, and um, and we and we need to we need to deal with these challenges in in community. I mean, it, it, you know, people say, "What is the solution to homelessness?" and and maybe you could respond and say, well, "What is the solution to sickness?" Well, we mm. we we. we it, it's not specific enough, right? We have to we have to dig dig underneath the the label and you know dig in a little bit and understand well what kind of sickness and how long have you been sick and what are your symptoms and 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 all of this and so that that really needs to happen in a in a caring environment a community environment um, and the challenge then kind of becomes one of scale, right? So you know um, so 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 how do you have more and more of these Communities, which are are labor-intensive, people-intensive, time-intensive work, um, and and the way that that happens is that you know each and every one of us, you know each and every person listening right now, uh, looks internally, as you said, Larry, looks internally and says, well, "What about me? What's my piece of the puzzle? What what can I, uh, what can I own? What can I do?" Um, and and you know, in some ways, what I've described are the simpler things, right? You can you can certainly give a little bit of time, um, and for some people, that that's harder than giving a little bit of money, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> and and so so we can all we can all probably give a little bit of of money, um, but people also have expertise, um, and maybe maybe the skills that uh, you're utilizing in a business environment around strategy or. Um, uh, the, the the mentoring that you're doing in the business environment could also translate across to a place like the Bowery Mission, um, and so we love to think creatively with people about uh, what it is that uh, that, uh, that that person wants to give and and how it how that person's giftings that person's skills uh, can match up with the needs that the Bowery Mission has and that those those we're serving have. Yeah, I think in in this. Uh... 21st century age we kind of want things real simple right james we want we want okay Mm -hmm. how do we do this let's get it done let's solve it let's move on and get to the next task and uh life is not that simple all the times right some some things need a little bit more uh examination i think how you answered the question is the right way to go that it's 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 individually based it's it, it really depends on each person is there has their own issue and you have to address it as an individual not as a group. And I think sometimes, uh, not to get too political, but I think sometimes that's what we end up doing is we look at it and try to paint, try to paint the whole house and not realize that, you know what, we need to fix this room first (laughs) before we start painting the house. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Well, I, you know, I think we can all, we can all acknowledge that there's a, there's a, there's a problem. Some would say a crisis, um, of homelessness in New York city. And, um, and it's natural to want to do something, and and 
and, and New Yorkers are busy people, and we're living in strange times. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we certainly won't won't uh, uh, shun anybody who who only has a few minutes to log on to Bowery.org and and make a make a financial gift. Uh, we are eternally grateful for that gift, and we stretch that dollar as far as we can. You know, by by accepting lots of donated food and volunteer labor. You know, we can we can provide somebody with a healthy meal for only a dollar and fifty nine cents. So. Uh, we're going to stretch. We're going to stretch those those financial gifts. Um, but again, we we love to think creatively with um, with somebody who who says, you know what, I want to make this a part of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, and from my own experience, um, making that choice is extraordinarily rewarding. Um, you know, again, I, I started as a volunteer, and I just and from that experience decided the Bowery mission is going to be a part of my life. Um, and uh, and the rewards have been immense. James, we always have this conversation, and, and so I, I, as we get near the end of our chat for today, I, I want to share this. Um, as a man of faith, I know you're a man of faith. Uh, there are have to be moments when you are challenged, when you look and maybe the numbers aren't adding up the way they normally do, where you're thinking, are we... Is there a way that we can balance this out? You don't want to have to cut back because there's more people coming that need help, but sometimes the funds don't match that. What are some of the ways that you get through that? How has your faith helped you uh, in staying mm-hmm. positive during those challenge times? Yeah, thank you for asking that question too, right? You know, as a person of faith, um, I think these last two years have said, have, have taught me, you know, if if I didn't think that I was dependent on on a God bigger than myself, um, now I know, right, mm-hmm. that, uh, that there have been so many times in the last two years when um, it looked impossible, and and yet um, we saw uh, we saw our needs provided for. Um, and one of the privileges of working for an organization this old um, we're, we're going to celebrate 150 years of, um, of one of our, you know, one of our um, organizations uh, next year. Um, part of being a, a part of an organization this old is just remembering uh, that we believe as people of faith that God has always provided for something that, um, that God started a long time ago. Uh, and we are, we are privileged to participate in. Um, but that that long faithfulness uh, of so many people of 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 all faiths and no faith at all who have joined in this Bowery mission work over a century and a half uh, just reminds us that uh, that you know we're probably going to be okay in the next season and the season mm-hmm. after that, no matter what comes. Yeah, that's that's comforting to be able to know that you can feel that way, James. I tell you, I don't know how you I don't know how you can get by without it these days. I really don't. I really don't, my friend. Yeah, I don't know how you can. James, as we wrap up, give me uh, the times again that you're open on uh, Thanksgiving Day. We're going to be open on Thanksgiving Day starting at 11 a.m., and we expect to be serving until 4 p.m., so that, that's a five-hour window for turkey dinner. So if you know somebody in need in New York City uh, on Thanksgiving Day, please do send them down to... 227 Bowery, it's Bowery 
couple blocks south of Houston Street, and uh, and we'll be there. We'll, it'll, it'll be hard to miss the Big Ten. <laughs> um, and uh, uh, we we have the volunteers we need to serve that day, um, but there are, there are, there will be other days throughout the year um, and and times to serve and volunteer. You can find that information on Bowery.org. Um, and we're still we're still raising funds for Thursday um, to to provide all those meals and then continue into the winter um, when again we expect to see more people uh, at our doors in need and um, and those donations can also be made at Bowery.org and that's B-O-W-E-R-Y.org. Well, James, listen. As we always say, thank you to you and your colleagues and the volunteers and everybody down at the Bowery Mission for the great work that you do. And uh, as always, our microphones are open for you. Our airwaves are right here whenever you need to let us know what's going on and uh, all the different events that you're having at the Bowery Mission. Do not hesitate to reach out. Larry, thank you so much and have a happy Thanksgiving. You too. Thanks, James. That concludes this edition of New York Sports and Beyond. We thank you for listening. We'll join you this evening during the week on ESPN New York Tonight with my partner, Gordon Damer, and right back here next Sunday morning on New York Sports and Beyond. For my incredibly all-world talented producer, Ray Santiago, and the coach, Anthony Pusick, I'm Larry Hardesty. The conversation continues on 98.7 ESPN New York.